Well, we're looking again this week at that thought of preparing for the last days. And last week we're looking at that concept of being hidden in God, of having our hiding place uh, in Him. You know, something so important and really wonderful that when the storms are surrounding us and there's trouble and difficulty, when persecution arises, that God's inviting us to hide ourselves in Him and that He would be our covering. He doesn't promise to take us necessarily out of the situations, but that in those situations, He's a covering for us and that allows us to endure. Just like Noah, he wasn't taken out of the flood. He was floating on it. Right? God gave him that ark as a covering and as a dwelling place that would be a place of safety for him. All those outside of that perished. And that's really what it's about in the last days. We got to find our place in God or we, we perish. And, you know, we looked at the, in the Bible study this past week, we've been looking at Pilgrim's Progress. And, you know, I was kind of struck about that thought of Pilgrim rock, walking through the valley of the shadow of death. He was given a highway through that, through that valley and God was with him. And even though he was, it was dark, he was, he was under the shadow of God's wing there right on that highway. And he had a way to walk straight through that dark valley. And we have the opportunity to experience God's presence in the light and in the darkness too. And he wants to be that covering. And so this week I wanted to look with you at a, very, a similar concept that relates to being hidden with God. Um, and in Psalm 31, it talks about being hidden in the secret of God's presence and from the strife that's around us. And so let's read what Psalm 31 of verse 19 says. It says, Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. You will hide them in the secret of your presence from the pride of man. You will keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. You know, if there's uh, two things we're seeing an increase of in this world, it's the pride of man, right? Everyone wanting to be number one, each one accounting himself better than his neighbor, more important. Um, that doesn't really flow with what the Bible says we're to do. And also the strife of tongues. It just seems like there's a lot of talk out there that's just strife, you know, against lots of different people. You know, it's full of strife and striving. But wouldn't it be wonderful to have a place of refuge from that? And God says that that's what he's offering to us. How great is your goodness You've laid up for them that fear and trust in you. You'll hide them in the secret of your presence from the pride and the strife of man and his words against us. And that's surely a promise that we want to enter into in the last days and today. And yet we see that with the majority of, you know, of God's promises, almost all of God's promises have a condition. They are conditional in the sense that we do our part, 
which is about like 0.01% of, of the effort. And then God does his part, which is the rest, which is basically everything else. But yet there are those things we must do. It says his great goodness is laid up for those who fear and trust in him. And I want to zero in on one of those conditions that thought of fearing the Lord and what it really leads to. And uh, we're, we're going to talk more about the fear of the Lord later on in this series when we key in on Zephaniah about, you know, being hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. Uh, but but I'm, I'm going to progress in that thought a little bit because as it says in Proverbs 9 and verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You see, when God is saying, those who fear me, well, the fear of the Lord is a, is a doorway to walking in wisdom, to being wise. And we realize in the last days, we desperately need wisdom to walk with God and to be hidden. And so there's a reality in the last days and now that you know, wisdom is the principal thing, as it says in Proverbs. And if we walk in wisdom, it will keep us, it will preserve us when many other are perishing around us. If we want to be hidden from the pride and the strife of men, then we better walk wisely, right? Wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. We're not to be as serpents. We're just to be wise as them and then to be harmless. And so we need to walk on this pathway of wisdom. You know, I never really noticed it before, you know, that about, well, I knew that wisdom was something that God, it's a quality God is, holds dear to himself, but I'd, I'd never really, it's not struck me before as it did recently reading Revelation, how, you know, we, we see that picture, we're all going to be surrounding the throne, singing praises to him for eternity. And I love that thought that, you know, we're all just going to be, there's going to be an ocean of people just surrounding and singing songs to the lamb for all eternity. That'll be some great praise and worship services in heaven. And, but notice something it says about, about this, something we're going to sing about the Lamb. And this is in Revelation 5 and verse 11. It says, Behold, I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, the beasts and the elders and the number of them, 10,000 times 10,000, thousands of thousands. That's an ocean. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, and strength and honor and glory and blessing. We're going to be praising the Lord for eternity because of his glory. But then it points out because of his wisdom, we're going to ascribe wisdom to God. We're going to be praising him because of his wisdom for the ages to come. He wants to be known for wisdom. And as Jude says, Jude 1 and verse 25, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion, power forever, both now and forever. Amen. There are many small g gods in the world, right? That kind of referring to principalities and powers and so forth. Um, but there's only one wise God. That's Jesus and his heavenly father and the spirit of wisdom that 
He's inviting us to flow in. And, and so, you know, we can worship the Lord for his great wisdom and also for the spirit of wisdom he wants to give to us that we can walk in and be preserved and hidden in him now and in the days to come. And so what's a good definition of wisdom? Well, one that I've picked up, um, I think probably got it from a sermon with Pastor Bailey, and I've written it down ever since, but, um, or one of his books. But I've just always kind of carried this, this definition, is that wisdom is the divine ability, right? So it's from God. It's not something we're just because we're smart, right? <laughs> Thank God for that. Wisdom is the divine ability to make right choices. That's really what wisdom comes down to. If someone's wise, they're making good decisions. They're making smart decisions. You're, you're like, man, I, I need to make decisions like that person. They're wise, and that's something we want to do. But here's, here's something else that we can consider. Right? Divine ability to make right choices, and therefore, to live life skillfully. That's kind of a, a neat thought. We can live skillfully right if someone's skillful they're just kind of adapt at doing something they can they can flow with things they're just they're good at it and god wants us to be good at living good at in you know dealing with things that we encounter day to day making those decisions sometimes on the fly sometimes we don't have time to go into our prayer closet and pray for two hours you know to get a word from god we need decision now and we say oh lord Give me wisdom for this. And we make that decision. Oh, Lord, I hope that was the right one. There's times we have to do that. But, you know, that's where we need the spirit of wisdom to live skillfully. God wants to give us that spirit so that we walk in that spirit. You know, it's really it's having the mind of God, having the perspective of heaven, or at least to some degree, you know, someone who is wise does not necessarily understand everything about their situation, but they know the right steps to take that are before them. And they're able to avoid the traps of the evil one. That's really where we need wisdom because we know it's, it's not just, right, the pathway is straight and narrow. We know that from Pilgrim's Progress. We know that from Christ and his words. It's straight and it's narrow and sometimes it's confining, but it's, it's a simple pathway. The problem is that we know the enemy puts snares and traps and we need wisdom to avoid them. Proverbs 27 and verse 12, a prudent or a wise man foresees the evil, hides himself, but the simple pass right on along blithely walking in their own, just kind of keep going down the path and they're punished. They put their foot right in that snare and they're trapped. And so the wise in heart, they look ahead and consider, they see that there may be trouble. That's part of the fear of the Lord is, I hope there's not trouble in this. Well, if, there, if, if I think there's trouble, it's not worth it. I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to pass not by it. Go not near it, pass away, as it also says in Proverbs. But the simple, they walk right into that difficulty for they know it. They suffer for it. And so the reality is the simple or those who lack wisdom, you know, they live a hard life. They have hard experiences. God does not 
want us to go through the school of hard knocks. He wants us to go through the school of the Spirit, where we're led by the Spirit of wisdom. Now, sometimes we, the best way we learn is through our own mistakes, and, and sometimes that's just, that's okay. It's okay to learn from our mistakes, but we don't want that to be our defining characteristic in life. Yeah, in order to learn that, I'm going to have to make that a big mistake, you know, and then, then I'll know. Yeah, we can learn from other people's mistakes, too. That's better to do that. But we need that, the wisdom of God to make those right decisions and live skillfully. So many people get into trouble because they do not have wisdom, even Christians. We can get into trouble because we, we do things our way or we make decisions based on the seeing of our eyes instead of the, the leading of the Spirit. And Jesus even said in Luke 16, 8, He said, there's times when the children of this world are wiser than the children of light because they're considering their pathway and they're, they're considering what's before them. Even though they're, they're of this world, they're, they're, well, I guess they're walking in the wisdom they got anyway. And, but sometimes the children of light are just so ignorant of not paying attention to the consequences of their actions that they can walk right into a snare. Sometimes believers can lack because we're not constantly crying out, Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, I need wisdom for this situation. You know, when we make decisions based on what we think is right instead of seeking God, it can get us into trouble, just like it did with Israel. They went through that period of the judges cycle after cycle. They do well, then they start doing something that brought them down. And Judges kind of summarizes the whole book with the last verse. And it's not in the, um, in the overheads, but it's basically it says, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. That always brought the downward cycle for Israel. They started doing what was right in their own eyes. Uh, that might be an apt description of the state of the church. We're in a situation where we got all these different groups. I mean, thousands of different groups of people, you know. I mean, they're separated by doctrine, but yet, in one sense, a lot of it is people doing what's right to them in their own eyes. What we're going to be judged for by is whether we've done right in God's eyes, in His sight. And that's what we want to look at. We don't want to compare ourselves with each other. We need to compare ourselves. Lord, what do you want me to do? What is right in your sight? And then we'll be okay because we're going to stand before him. But wisdom, if we walk in wisdom, you know, it just causes our path to grow brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. And the older I get, the more I come to appreciate the value of wisdom. Now, there is something about wisdom that we have to kind of keep in mind, keep uh, constantly before us, and it's found in James. You might even, if, you're, if you've looked at James and studied what he says about wisdom, you might know, be, know what I'm about to say. James 3.13, Who is a wise man and dude with knowledge from among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with the meekness of wisdom. For if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, and glo uh, glory not. And lie not against the truth. Verse 15, this wisdom descends not from above. It is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. 
That's the wisdom that's not from above. And so conversely, it's from below. Verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And so James is asking, who is a wise person? Who is endued with wisdom, knowledge, and walking in wisdom? And he goes on to explain that there's that difference. There's a distinction that has to be made in order to, to discern what is true and false wisdom because he's making it clear there's a false wisdom. In the first instance, there's a wisdom that seems right, but it did not descend down from heaven upon them. It came from the earth. And, you know, it's unspiritual. There's different levels. Uh, James gets into the worst, some of the worst levels, right? Um, there's natural wisdom. There's unspiritual wisdom. And James, there's sensual devilish, demonic, as some translations say. Um, so there's a form of wisdom that seems to be true. The problem is it's not from the Spirit of God. And it will always lead, lead us astray. The fruit of man's wisdom or the wisdom from below is death. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to us, but if we don't check with God, before we know it, we're... We're finishing out this verse, but the end thereof is the way of death. And so obviously this, this is a pathway we don't want anything to do with. The second form of wisdom is that wisdom that is from above. It's the type of wisdom that God gives freely. It's not something that we have to develop or, or not develop, but if something we have to achieve or do something, you know, the world's fa words fail me if I'm trying to describe this here. You know, it's the thought that God freely gives it to us if we will ask of him. He desires to give us wisdom. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to everyone liberally and he will not upbraid you. He will not correct you. It shall be given. I think I've brought this out many times in the past, but I have yet to see a quality like this where God is, is saying, come and ask and I'll give it liberally and I won't correct you. There's some things we might, he might start correcting us for if we ask too much of, you know, if we say, Lord, I need more provision. Give me more, more money, more, more this or that. God says, I'll never correct you for asking. You can't ask for too much wisdom. It's impossible. And he wants to give it to us because wisdom will lead us to him. It'll lead us to, to more light, to cause his light and his presence to increase. And so we need to learn to come to the Lord, even with the seemingly small decisions of life. At least if we think it might have some big consequences, oh Lord, give me wisdom. I want to consider one last thought or concept concerning wisdom. And, and that's the thought that wisdom is progressive. And we talked about how it grows brighter. Our pathway grows brighter and brighter under the perfect day as we continue to walk with God and make good decisions, as we live skillfully according to wisdom. 
And we can see this concept in the tabernacle, this progression of, of God's wisdom, his light to show us the right way to go. You know, we can, we can see the different sections of the tabernacle. You know, we've covered this in, in the past, so I won't get it in, into detail. But, you know, in, in the outer court, it's, it's open, right? It's the light of day. It's natural light, so to speak. And so the priests would be out there ministering to God and, and the, their source of light was natural light. You know, and, and so it can speak to us as believers coming to this point in the outer court that we pass through the door, which represents Christ, and come to the altar representing his sacrifice for us, our uh, blood covering us, the, the brazen labor representing us being washed by the word and being cleansed. And there's a, a change that has begun to take place in us. But at the same time, we can still be walking in natural light. Right? We can still be have a natural focus and a natural perspective. And Paul, but it's not to remain that way. Paul said this in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we are to walk by faith, not by sight. You know, that's our goal as, as believers. We start off walking by sight because that's what we are. That's, that's where we come from. That's our nature. That's our mentality. But it is to change in our journey. And, if, and to go on, we have to have a change of focus. And so when we go on in the tabernacle, we realize that God's calling us on to progress from the outer court and come to that holy tent right? Where that's indoors into the holy place. And the first section of that being the holy place, and that contains, um, and there's a lot that is involved, and you could talk about that in our spiritual progression, but but the, one of the first things you see, it's on the left-hand side, is the candlestick. That's the only source of light in that tent. And the candlestick represents his Holy Spirit. One of those spirits is the spirit of wisdom. And it's his Holy Spirit of wisdom that he wants to impart to us. Because that will give us light. As that is our source of light and our sole source of light, there, there isn't a mixture, there wasn't a window where they could have light if the candles weren't on. If the candles weren't burning, those priests were in the dark. And you know, sometimes and you know, sometimes that's an okay thing to, to be. It's a good to reminder that when God is not speaking, have you ever felt like, Lord, I just I'm in the dark. I don't know what to do. You know, that's okay. It's a reminder of how much we need his light, how much we rely upon his light because we definitely don't want to go back to relying upon natural light. We need the light of his presence. So many are walking in natural light. The problem with that, I'm going to kind of close with this concept, but then the problem with that is darkness is coming upon the earth. It's even here now, but you know, as Isaiah says, gross darkness, the people. In fact, let's read that. Isaiah 60 and verse 2. Darkness shall cover the earth. Gross darkness is going to cover the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee. His glory shall be seen upon thee. There's going to come a point where trying to walk in natural light will fail us because the darkness will be so great. I think that's where... We're 
fast. There's a fast progression taking place in that realm. But we don't have to fear, do we? Because the promise of that verse is His glory will be made available. And if we flow in that glory, it will not only give us light, but it will shine as a light through our lives to those who are in darkness. But that illustration that we see in the holy place is that the light comes from the Holy Spirit. And the one we're looking at is the spirit of wisdom. And so that tells us we desperately need to cry out, Oh God, fill me with your spirit of wisdom. I need wisdom for the last days. I need wisdom for today. That's the only way that priest could see to minister in the holy place. You know, he had to go to the table of showbread and he had to put fresh bread on there and, 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 and then he had to go to the altar of incense and put incense. But you know, he couldn't see to do anything, any of that, unless that candlestick was shining out. And you know, there's an aspect of the Word of God that everyone has the opportunity to come and read it. But who can see and understand? It's those who are anointed with the Holy Spirit, the light and the wisdom, who receive illumination from the Spirit of wisdom. Now, I said I was going to close with that one thought, but I have one more thought, actually. I forgot. I'm going to close with this thought, then we'll finish. You know, we, we kind of based or began this series in Matthew 24 where Jesus was talking about the last days and explaining it to his, to his disciples. Well, in the very next chapter, in chapter 25, he gives that parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. And one of the main premise of that parable is they have to have their lamps ready. And they have to go out and they walk by the light of their lamps. That's the only way they can see. That's the only thing that really differentiated that, those two groups. They were, they were both virgins in the sense that they were, they were clean. They were washed. But one, had an, one group had an abundance of oil, and the other group ran out. They did not see the need to keep continually having their lamps fill, and it ran out. And so... The wise virgins weren't content to have a limited amount of oil. And we cannot be content to have a limited supply of the spirit of wisdom in our day and especially the last days. In, in fact, the, the, the wise virgins obtained double, enough for the time of waiting and enough to go out and respond to God when the bridegroom called to respond to the bridegroom and to enter into the wedding feast. And so God wants to anoint his people today and in the last days with the abundance of his spirit of wisdom, that we would be a people who know what to do, who can make right decisions, who can see the traps of the enemy, who can live skillfully. Lord, I want to live skillfully. I don't want to live clumsily. <laughs> Sometimes I feel pretty clumsy at times, you know, that's, that's because I'm walking in my own light. But when we're walking in the light of God's presence, we need that today because of the pride of man, because of the strife of tongues, and because of the traps of the enemy that he is, that are only increasing in our day. 
But if we will be a people of the candlestick and of the anointing of the Spirit of God, if we become like those wise virgins, each with a lamp going out in the ever-increasing darkness, well, that just makes our lamps brighter, doesn't it? And so the darkness is doing us a favor. As long as we have the lamp. As long as we're filled with that oil. You know, the bride of Christ is described in the last days as a mighty army. And you can kind of picture they're a mighty army of wise virgins going out each with their lamp and shining forth the glory of God. And she's going to become so glorious at the end because every virgin is going to have a bright shining lamp representing the spirit of God, the spirit of wisdom flowing through them. And there's more about the light in the tabernacle we've touched on in the past, but that's just one aspect related to our topic today. And, And so let's ask God for the double portion of the spirit of wisdom to avoid the and forsake the the wisdom that is from below the natural perspective our natural abilities and rely upon the holy spirit and cry out for the the wisdom that comes from above to walk in it so that we will be preserved and we will shine his glory from our lives lord we just thank you for your plan and your purposes for us, Lord, they're so good. Thank you that you've preserved your goodness for those who fear and trust in you, for those who walk in your ways of wisdom. And Lord, we just look to you. We ask that you would lead us and you would increase in us as as James is, is telling us to. Lord, we come today asking for more wisdom. Lead us in the way of wisdom, O God, that, that we will be preserved, that we'll avoid the the pride of man and his his strife of words and the traps of the enemy. Oh God, help us. Lord, There are we confess there's times that we walk in, in what we think is right. And Lord, we cry out for repentance. Lord, that you would change us, that you'd even, Lord, if there's things that are you have to deal with in our lives so that we'll let go of our own ways, do it, we pray. Oh, we just look to you. Oh God, lead us in the way of wisdom, we ask. Oh God, cause your light to shine and increase in us in a greater and greater way, we pray. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.